Welcome, Morks, to Conspiracies and Beyond. I'm Jedi here along with Todd. Here's another episode that we're going to talk about conspiracies, conspiracies, and more conspiracies. We'll be talking about everything under the sun from sports stories, aliens, the ever-elusive Yeti, the kooky and the spooky, unicorns, and all things beyond. Kooky and spooky, that's what we're doing tonight. One of us is going to pick a kooky story, and one of us will pick a spooky story to talk about. So check us out on clovercrestmedia.com and most social medias under To Conspiracies and Beyond. So um, you excited for our second show? Yes, I am. Yeah, I think last week's went pretty well. It's pretty interesting, and uh, tonight should be pretty cool. But I have a really funny news story. You want to get into the news? Let's do it. To Conspiracies and beyond okay so jedi is here with me and our producer joe is gonna ride along with us tonight i got the funniest story and i kind of hope you guys haven't heard of this but if you've been watching the news you may have because i know it's been all over the news so it's kind of a local story for me it's in cape cod if you look at a map of massachusetts right at the very end of that little hook you have provincetown have you been there joe i have been i go there every single summer except last year Oh, oh, yeah, that's kind of a fun place, huh? It's great. Yeah, uh, Portuguese. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know what's funny is you get into the Cape, and then it's like another hour and 15 minutes to get to P-Town. Our, yeah, our family has a house in Sandwich. And so, oh, right. yeah, it's, uh, it's a solid hour to get out to P-Town. It is, uh, it's literally an entire day every right. year. So we have to do that, you know. Have to. Yeah, same restaurant, same shops. Walk the same spot on the beach. It's awesome. Yeah, I like I like well you get well fleet. You have been to, have you been to the beachcomber? Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Then you get Truro and then I think uh P Town. So do you do you know the story I'm about to tell or have you not heard it? I don't know. I don't know what the story is. Okay. So there was this lobster diver out there. His name was Michael Packard. And do you have lobsters out there in the West Coast Jedi? I believe so. I eat them all the time. <laughs> 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 this fresh. So we're, we're conspiracy people. So like this, this kind of set off some bells here. I kind of don't really believe the story, but the guy was diving for lobsters in his boat. He was about 45 feet down into the water. And then all of a sudden, as he's searching for lobsters, everything went completely black. His scuba gear became undone. He's looking around. Everything was black. He's like, what's going on? Where do you think he was? In a sewage. No. Joe, you have any guesses? He was in a submarine? No, he was inside of a whale's mouth. Oh, God. <laughs> what? <laughs> Joe, pull up the picture of, of him. Oh, my goodness gracious. This is insane, so, dude. So you see him there. He has all those what those sticky things all over his belly, like when you get the when you get a physical or something. He said that he realized about after 30 to 40 seconds that he was inside of a whale's mouth. And he said, oh, my God, I have a four, uh, 12 and a 16-year-old son. And is this really how I'm going to die? And he said all of a sudden he saw a little bit of light and the whale spit him out. He said the whale didn't like how he tasted, I guess. So he somehow got came out unscathed. He only had, a, I guess, a broken leg. And uh, this is the second time he escaped death. I guess he was in a plane crash in Costa Rica where a couple people died and he was found two days later in a desert. So <laughs> what do you think of that? I, right. I, I call bullshit. I don't buy it. They say whales do like a uh, like a they swallow and they gulp. So they said like a whale thinking like this guy doesn't taste good and spit him out just seems a little far fetched. Maybe he bumped him or something, but I think yeah. maybe he just is embellishing. That's a little cartoonish that the whale had yeah. you in his mouth and he's like, no. Is his name Pinocchio? Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. So I thought that was kind of funny. It's funny for me because it's kind of a local story, but uh, I guess it was it made the rounds on the news circuit. And I think every, not many people are believing it. So you want to get to the kooky and spooky? Sure. Let's do that. Jedi and 
Okay, so I think about once a month or something, we'll do this kooky and spooky. We'll see what people say. If you like when we do, if you like when we do this, we'll keep doing it. If you don't, we'll just do conspiracies. Send us messages. We're really active on social media. So, uh, do you want to start with your spooky story? Sure. My spooky story is talking about beyond. Um, let's talk about the stats first, and then we can get into the story. Single mother facts make up approximately 80% of single families' homes in the U.S. 31% were poor, and 28% do not have enough food. Attributing to this would also be some behavioral issues for their children, attributed to a lot of short and long-term negative effects, and one of them most likely would be what causes someone to become a serial killer. Well, there are three types of mothers. The anti-mother, who suffered abuse when they were young, turning from a victim to a ruthless aggressor. The uber-mother, who was also scarred from childhood, where they felt inadequate and substandard. But now, with their children, they turn into a micromanager, a gatekeeper, and would like to execute control over everything that their child does. And lastly, the last type of mother, is a passive mother, and their children tend to bend the rules regarding moral and legal boundaries, and these mothers oftentimes operate in denial or in action. Why am I bringing this up about mothers? Because let's talk about the star of the show today, Ed Gain. Do you know who Ed Gain is? No. Ed Gain. Yes. Well, he's from Plainfield, Wisconsin, a.k.a. known as the Butcher of Plainsfield. He, I mean, you have to know who he is because he's inspired so many movies that many people watch and hold dear to their heart. One of them is Silence of the Lambs. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that guy. And the Ooh. other yeah. one is Cycle. Oh. Okay. So, Silence I mean, of the Lambs creeped yes. me out so much as a kid. Really? Which part? <laughs> All of it, and it still does. I'm I'm thinking of when he tucked it between his legs and did that little pee-pee dance. Oh, <laughs> that was the most scariest part for you. <laughs> you put the lotion in the basket. I'm sorry. That just that freaks me out still. Well, apparently, Ed Gein, his father was an alcoholic and died early. And his mother was verbally abusive. He grew up with him and his brother, and his brother ended up getting killed in a fire. However, Ed was able to show the police where his body was, and when they found him, they found that he was he had bruises on his head, so there was some kind of foul play there. He, him and his brother often didn't get along because Ed idolized his mother. He worshipped his mother. He loved his mother so much, and his mother, being verbally abusive, oftentimes taught her sons that women were devils. They were harlots. They were evil and to stay away from women. So for Ed, his mother was his only friend, his only confidant, his only companion, because she was very much controlling and didn't want her sons or even him to be around people. So of course he didn't develop any good social skills. He was shy. He was awkward. I mean, it was, it, it was a, Sad, sad, sad way of existing. Um, he found he didn't even have a full-time job. He he worked odd jobs around the neighborhood. He even babysat. Can you believe that? I, babysat I mean, these people are always loners. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, he had to have some kind of social skills in order to have other people trust him with their kids, right? Right, it's I mean, just a weird think, thing. Yeah. You think of Ted Bundy. He was like the most charming guy somehow. Yeah. He was hot. He was also good looking. That's what yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I also heard that he volunteered on the a suicide hotline. Can you believe that? Wow. <laughs> Imagine calling that dude up. Oh, my God. <laughs> Talk about Jekyll and Hyde right there. Yeah. Well, in 1945, Gein's mother passed away like I said, and leaving him as a virtual hermit. And what he did after she died is he boarded up all her rooms. 
so no one would go in there and they were kept pristine you know and he just lived off in the other areas of the room so he ended up keeping to himself and in order to you know i guess he picked up a hobby and what he would do was he would go to graveyards and grave rob corpses and take them home and make bowls out of them and dishes and dishware and lampshade posts and (laughs) collect all their things and eat their organs so i mean i don't know what compels someone to just say hey you know what this is what i'm gonna do Yeah, I, I think I I think I have I have heard the lamp. I didn't he make the lampshades out of this skin? Yes, he I, did. I, I do remember that when you said Ed Gain, I knew it was a serial killer, but I just couldn't think of which one. I do remember hearing that. Yeah, he he made it out of their skin. He um, cut out their lips and and then cut cut their noses and you know made made things with it to decorate his house with. I know. <laughs> I hate well, corn flesh. Oh God! Corn yeah. flesh. Oh. <laughs> I get queasy about anything. Really? Oh, my sister. <laughs> my sister sent me a video the other day. It said you got to check this out. And I not not to go off on a tangent here, but I clicked on it and it was like a baseball player. And I said, okay, well you know how I am. What is this? I, obviously he got hurt she goes oh he gets hit and he has convulsions i'm like you know me i can't oh my God. i can't watch stuff like that that's gonna stick with me all day oh my goodness but you know i guess grave robbing he got bored of that because he took on his first victim in 1959 he abducted a hardware store owner named bernice warden he fatally shot her and decapitated her so I don't, I don't, like I said, I don't know what compels a person to do that to another person, but just knowing that he was walking around in my neighborhood and letting him watch my kids. Oh my gosh. It, it, that is like the spookiest, freakiest thing that I've ever heard. And, you know, it's like, you know, people like it. Look how many movies were inspired by him. Psycho, you right. know? And, and most of the murders are probably for no reason. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, they just they, people like that. They just get off on killing people and they can't get enough. Yeah, I don't understand that either. He also made masks out of their skin. And he also <laughs> <laughs> Do you, know, you guys need a moment to catch your composure? <laughs> oh god, I can't stop seeing it now. <laughs> when he decided to get another victim, he only had two victims. The other one was um Mary Hogan. And this one, uh, he kidnapped her and basically brought her home and hung her by her legs. And so he split her open and decapitated her. So when the police came to his house, they found her hanging in his house of horrors. I read one story was saying that um, the son of his victim was in the sheriff's department. So he's the one who actually saw his mother like that oh no yeah i mean how sad and i mean you need that's something you need therapy after seeing yeah yeah there's yeah i mean horrible 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 to be seeing that um but yeah i mean he was put on trial and found guilty of killing warden and he was confined to a mental hospital where he died in 1984. His behavior inspired numerous books and movies, like I said, Psycho, and also mm-hmm. the character on the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the guy who wears the mask. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, he inspired him too. Um, the weird thing about it is that the U.S. has over 70% of the serial killers compared to other countries. And really? So, yes. We're ranked number one in serial killers. We're ranked number one at a lot of bad things. <laughs> <laughs> and number two is England. But I wow. mean, uh, it's, it's, it's big to differ because some people say the reason why U.S. is ranked so high is because we're better at keeping records, tabs on people. We, you know, do crime reports and we're able to link murderers together. But Alaska has the most murders per capita. So I, I'm not going to Alaska anytime soon. So. <laughs> yeah, 
Alaska kind of it's kind of weird because it's so huge and there's such a small number of people. Like I think more people live in Boston than Alaska, and it's like by far the biggest country. Um, if you yeah, that's a good Alaska, you'd want to murder somebody. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point though about the U.S. keeping records. I don't think uh, Afghanistan has too many uh, people that are keeping track of serial killers. Yeah. I mean, it is very bizarre and, you know, but the stats don't lie. I mean, the fatherless single home, single mother home statistics, many school shooters are the product of broken homes and broken homes are leading to adolescent epidemics. I mean, mental health is on the rise. I mean, especially with COVID going on, people not being able to go out and be social, do their hobbies or have an outlet. So, I mean, now that we're going outside, you could be walking around and, you know, next to a serial killer. Who knows? Yeah, I read somewhere, like, in your lifetime, you'll walk by, like, 16 serial killers. I read that. <laughs> I don't know where they got that from, but it's probably true. I mean, you get to figure if you're on a train or something. I mean, you're going to pass them. You wouldn't really know. And I was going to mention that about the school shootings. Like, if you look at the United States compared to other countries, it's not even a comparison. Yeah, I mean, so... I I mean, this is this might be my spooky story, but this is my, you know, um, public service announcement to, you know, be there for your children because, you know, hey, guys, your mother is the only truly one who really loves you. <laughs> <laughs> I had the kind of mom where I should have been a serial killer. <laughs> yeah. don't, don't worry, my mom doesn't listen to any of my shows. <laughs> <laughs> one of the three was she one of the three <laughs> that's pretty creepy now i do want to watch texas chainsaw massacre now i'm kind of a baby with scary movies i i, I love the blanket over my eyes and stuff even though i've always been like that with scary movies i don't like when things jump out at you i don't like um like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Massacre. I mean, I like more of the realistic murders and serial killers, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Because you walk away thinking, hey, that might, that could happen. I could see that yeah. happening. You know, like Hannibal Lecter. I could see him walking around and, you know, analyzing people and trying to figure out who he's, he's going to eat next, I guess. You know? Can you, yeah. Can you think of a worse way to die than, like, being hung upside down in someone's torture chamber and like slowly tortured and or eaten alive. Oh, no, I, know. I would rather kill myself. Yeah, right? <laughs> Lord. Have you ever seen the movie law abiding citizen? No. With Gerard Butler. I, I tell people all the time. That's the most like unheard of movie. And it's amazing. He basically, his son gets murdered at the beginning and he ends up catching one of the guys and he has he, he poisons them with this chemical that you know what's going on. You can see everything, but you're completely paralyzed. So Ooh. he puts him on this table above his head. He puts a picture of his son and then like he slowly like dismembers him. But the guy can like see and feel everything, but he's paralyzed. I always oh, think that's amazing. I would love yeah. to do that. That's yeah, like Dexter. I know, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, feels I feel story. Like it should be like an eye for an eye, don't you think? If someone in, gets murdered and you're like the parent, you should be able to kind of pick. I think that would be amazing. Yeah, I think, I think that's fair. Too. I yeah. think crimes against children and yeah. women and elderly. Oh, I know. And it's fun. I mean, there probably are. I'm sure there's countries like that that, that allow stuff like that. <laughs> oh, Just yeah. Not ours. Um, yeah, so that was pretty cool. I want to definitely check out some of those movies now. I didn't know all of those movies were based on him. Yeah, I mean, it's this guy is like, I don't know. Was was he born just to inspire movies? I mean, you know, sad well, it's as it Better than if seem. it was three different movies and three different people. At least it's one guy. Right. Yeah. It feel a little bit better. But the directors and writers, I mean, they must be, I mean, the research that they had to do. <laughs> I know. Oh, that's disturbing. All right, so you want to go to something a little bit lighter? <laughs> We're probably going from, like, the worst man to, like, the nicest man. <laughs> 
All right, so do you know who Yao Ming is? Yes, I do. All right, so this is basically, I mean, I'm going to tell you because the conspiracy isn't really that long. So we're going to talk about Yao Ming's career, and we're also going to talk about the conspiracy, and you can tell me what you think. So there is a conspiracy out there that Yao Ming was basically created to be an NBA player by the Chinese government. What? Yeah, hmm. and you might be like, oh, that's kind of weird. But I think once we get to the end of the story, you'll probably agree with me that this is a real thing. So Yao Ming was born September 12th, 1980 in Shanghai, China. He was 11 pounds when he was born. <laughs> and he, he grew up to... Yeah, he grew up to be seven foot six. And yeah, that must have hurt. But people always get mad at me when I say this. I, I get the gout from time to time. Joe, do you know what the gout is? I have had one bout with the gout, and I could tell you some stories. Yeah. So you mostly get it in your big toe, but I do get it sometimes in my elbow. I, I'm like way too young to get this off. And I remember I was like 28 when I first got it. I went to the doctor and I got wheeled in on a wheelchair. I'm like, what is happening? My toe was like you see in the cartoon when someone hits you with a sledgehammer. I was in absolute agony. And I, and I always say to this day, I'm like, Girls get mad, but I'm like, I can't imagine that childbirth is worse than the gout. Todd, you're in luck because I have a female doctor who has both given childbirth three times <laughs> and she's had gout. And she said, and she told me I could tell my wife this, it is on par pain-wise. <laughs> devastating pain my wife still doesn't believe it and doesn't think that right. woman is a real woman but whatever <laughs> what i want to know is uh gout or kidney stones i've never had those but i've had friends that have had kidney stones and i heard it's horrendous <laughs> i would think the last like six inches or so has got to be <laughs> yeah yeah. That's funny. So Yao, so Yao was seven foot six. You might wonder how big his parents were. They were both basketball players. His dad was six seven. His mom was six three. And it's funny because what does China have? I don't even know. One point five billion people. I don't have the number, but it's in the billions. And they think that his mom might have been one of the tallest women in China. So I mean, you figure you see an Asian woman walking down the street. And, they're normally around five feet tall. She was six three. That's pretty big. So they say the average male is five foot eight in China, and the average female is five two. So they were obviously much bigger. So Yao was born. He was kind of he was a skinny kid growing up, and when he was in the NBA, he was seven six, three hundred and ten pounds. And people are like, wow, over three hundred pounds. But for seven foot six, that's that's pretty skinny, I think. He went to the doctor when he was ten years old, and he was already five foot five. And the doctor said, you're probably going to be around seven three. And Yao took that as like such an honor to be following in his dad's footsteps. He was like, I was really proud that maybe I could play basketball like my dad. So he went on to play some basketball. And the Chinese government is weird. They would take kids from their families and they would like assign them to a sport. If you were very tall as a kid, they would say, you, you are going to play basketball or you're going to play volleyball or soccer. And um, I don't know. What do you think about that? Isn't that kind of weird that they do that and not really? That's not something that would ever happen in America. Oh, of course not. Yeah, so they would, they would basically, they wanted them, if they were tall, they wanted them to play a sport just to kind of represent their country. And I think that actually might have happened to Yao's parents when they were kids. They were tall, so they probably assigned to basketball. That's why they, they played. So the junior program in China is only 3,000 kids playing basketball. I mean, this 3,000 kids, I mean, that's nothing compared to how many are playing in the United States. Is thousands and thousands in every state. There's only 3,000 in the entire country. So if you were selected to play basketball, your days would be, you'd have schoolwork for a few hours, and then you'd be playing basketball six to eight hours a day this is like when you were probably eight or nine years old and then if you were good enough you'd end up playing like six ten hour days so picture like working 60 hours a week they're playing basketball 60 hours a week and it didn't matter if you were sick throwing up it didn't matter they made you play and yao said like it was as bad as boot camp he compared it to boot camp if you were in the military oh my goodness i don't know if you know this about china but there's only one time zone that's observed. It's Beijing time. And there's literally five time zones in China. And if you live in the furthest one away, at 7 o'clock in the morning, it's 2 o'clock your time. That's your 7 o'clock because you have to be on Beijing time. 
So if you wonder why more kids don't play basketball, <laughs> because <laughs> dark till like because it gets sunny out till like eleven o'clock in the afternoon. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. god, that's messed up. Yeah, then do you remember? Do you remember when Beijing had the uh, Olympics? Oh yeah, yeah. That's they great. made it like the they. Oh yeah, they like loved it. They had uh, they created they built stadiums and stuff. But uh, yeah, that was uh, that was one of the coolest Olympics. And Yao Ming actually carried the torch. That was one of the biggest honors of his career. So in the 1950s, the Chinese government created this gold medal strategy. They were sick of being the laughing stock in the Olympics and like all these sports. They have the most people that live there, yet they can't compete with the U.S. or a lot of the other big countries. So the gold medal strategy was that they wanted to be respected in the three big sports. The three big sports were basketball, volleyball, and soccer. And you, you might be like, soccer. Yeah, I was actually going to say like, well, obviously we all know soccer is the number one sport in the world, but volleyball is up there too. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now the top ten sports in the world because we just think of like football as king, you know, American football. The tenth biggest sport in the world is golf, followed by rugby, baseball, ping pong. I mean, isn't that just like so weird to us? Like, we can't wrap our head around that ping pong is bigger than American football. I don't get uh, it. American, <laughs> I mean, American football is everything. And then volleyball, tennis is number five. And this is always like the wild card. C- can you believe field hockey is like so huge? Who's field doing hockey? that? Who's doing yeah. field hockey? And where, where's all this field hockey happening? Exactly. I know. It, it's like, yeah. And then basketball, cricket. That's something I'd like to learn, but those games are like days long. I don't know if you've ever seen those games. Yeah, that looks like fun. Yeah, and then uh, obviously number one is soccer, which is kind of funny because if you're not into soccer, people will be raving about a game. They're like, that was the most amazing game. Oh, what was the score? Oh, nil-nil. Yeah. <laughs> no, thanks. Three yeah. shots on goal in like four hours. That's not That's not fun. Yeah. It's not exciting like MMA or boxing. Those are yeah. my kind of sports. I love it, Jedi. <laughs> I love I, uh, Jedi. I think I would pass out watching MMA. Really? If the Morks, yeah, if, if the Morks, <laughs> if the Morks haven't found out by now, I'm a little bit of a baby with this stuff. So, what are the what are the rules to MMA? Like well, I, you, eye gouging. Yeah, you can't eye gouge. You can't bite. The you can't, no twelve to six elbows. You got to throw them from the side. You know, they they it's there are some rules. You can't throw people out of the cage. Can't hold on to the cage. There's rules. You know, every now and again a guy will break his shin kicking another guy in the shin, but you know, those are the breaks. (laughs) What about like you can't snap people's fingers in half and stuff, can you? You can, but they might snap yours back. So maybe don't. I, I remember when MMA first came out, like no one could have predicted it would be huge. Like, well, this. there was no rules then. And it was a, it actually was a turnoff for people. Yeah. People were like, oh, no, this is too gross. And then they were like, we need to make rules so that it's not to mention, I think it's the more civilized. Yeah. You know, it could, <laughs> it, it was, it was very, um, very barbaric at the beginning. And now there's rules and they have, they used to not have judges, Todd. It would just end like, all right, well, they have to fight tomorrow now. <laughs> and then now there's women. The women are better than the men, pound for pound. Right, right. Yeah, I'll I'll take most of the women of um, MMA over the dudes. You have to be a well-rounded woman, Jedi, to, to, to compete. You have to be. Yeah. I mean, so they like punch and kick and it's just like a free-for-all? Yeah, it's like boxing, but you could also wrestle and any any style of martial arts, generally speaking, will do. But you're just trying to knock the other dude out, really, at the end of the day. Right, Jedi? Right, about yeah. It? <laughs> but you know what drives me crazy is, like, everyone goes crazy over Conor McGregor. And, like, he I sucks. just happen to be looking. I'm like, this guy must be, like, 80 and 0. And I saw he was, like, the most paid athlete. And I look up his record. He was, like, 22 and 5. I're like, what yeah, is the big deal? He's not that great. He's a not... great marketer, though. Yeah, I say. yeah, dude, listen, there's some people that just know how to run their mouths enough. Uh, Nate Diaz just lost a big fight. He's 20 and 13 in his career. <laughs> He's really? one of the most and one of the most beloved dudes in the history of the sport. About a month ago, um, Kamara Usman knocked out Jorge Masvidal, who just runs his mouth constantly, got knocked out for the first time in his life at 37 years old. Never, dude used to be on YouTube and doing street fights and yeah. now worked his way into MMA. 
got knocked out, run in his mouth, and just got up and was like, yeah, that dude's got my number. Like, <laughs> super, super humble. Like, all right, never mind. That's cool. But still, in MMA, even if you lose, you're still a badass. Who wants to go in the octagon with these guys? Oh, absolutely. You know? I know. And when speaking about Conor McGregor's record, it just made me, I'm like a huge sports fanatic, especially like in the 80s and 90s. Like, Nolan Ryan had seven no-hitters, 5,000 Ks. And I think if you look up his, like, career record, it's like... 12 and 11 like that's his average throughout his career yeah he definitely lost a lot of games yeah but i mean he was like amazing and uh yeah. do, you, do you remember when he uh beat up robin ventura when he charged the mound oh one of my <laughs> favorite moments of all time i'll never forget that <laughs> that was amazing um and it's kind of funny to think of nolan ryan joe we're probably older than he was then we definitely are. <laughs> he was 47 when that happened oh was he yes so I think yet. we're we're almost at our Nolan Ryan beating up Ryan Ventura <laughs> level. We're getting there. All right. So, anyways, back to Yao Ming. All right. So the gold medal strategy that the government created, they said we're no longer going to be the laughing stock. We're gonna do anything we can to be a force. So that includes taking kids. When I say take kids from their family, I don't think they like weren't allowed to talk to them. They basically forced them into playing one of those sports. If you were Super athletic, maybe it was soccer. If you were Yao Ming's height, you'd be doing basketball or volleyball. So Yao Ming would have those 60-hour weeks, and he they created him into this great basketball player. He played junior basketball, and then he ended up playing in the CBA, which is kind of a smaller version of the NBA. It's the Chinese Basketball Association. He played for the Shanghai Sharks for five seasons. And his last season, everyone was starting to notice him. The NBA, they were saying he was going to be a lottery pick. He averaged 32 points and 19 rebounds in his final season. Won the most valuable player. And he had an eye-catching game where he was 21 for 21 for the field. And the NBA wanted him. And the Chinese government thought, this is going to be a big payday. And we want to be part of this. We brought this guy up. We fed him. We gave him room and board. We created him to be this great player. So when he was about to be drafted, the GM of the Shanghai Sharks basically took him and his family to a hotel to talk to him. They wanted 33% of everything he made, which would be endorsements. Meetings in hotels are never good. Yeah. Always, yeah. there's, always, there's always something shady at a hotel meeting. Right, yeah, exactly. And then Yao Ming's so nice, and I'm sure his parents are so nice, they kind of probably felt a little pressured, and they, they agreed to it. They later found that to be invalid. But I think Ch the Chinese government ended up getting uh, a lot of what he made, which some people think it was about, it was probably a worse deal than that, about 50% of everything. Wow. What, yeah. Which it's kind of weird because not that they deserve it, but they they kind of created <laughs> he probably wouldn't have been playing basketball if it wasn't for them. It's kind of a weird situation, I think. What do you think about the whole taking him from his family to play hoops? It's pretty sad. I mean, kids want to do their own thing. I mean, it, it's hard to do something you don't want to do. But if you're a man and you're seven over seven feet, I kind of think like you, you should be playing basketball. It's kind of weird if you Todd, see a seven foot tall man. Yeah, Todd, if you meet a guy that's like over six four and you're like, oh, you play hoops, and he's like, no, don't you want to punch him in his face? Yeah. <laughs> What's wrong with you? I know, you're a giant. That's all you're good at. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, it's so weird. I, I went to a bar once in the if you see someone over like six, seven, it's like shocking. You know what I mean? I saw a bartender once and he was they said he was seven foot and one half. Well, I, I asked him. He was seven foot, one half inch. That's the same height as Robert Parrish. And he didn't play basketball. It's just you feel like doing that. You'd be like, what is the matter with you? I was on an elevator with Hashim Thabit, former UConn basketball player, seven yeah. foot three. To my yeah. five foot six, it was like, yeah. <laughs> it doesn't look real, weird, dude. Yeah, no, it does not look. It looked look like a. It looked fake. It really did. Yeah, like yeah. Looking up, like, and he's got kind of a small head for for being that tall, or maybe it just <laughs> like my perception from being way down there. I don't, I don't know. Joe, can you can you pull up a picture? I definitely can. Yeah, yeah. Pull up. Yeah. It, I mean, I even think it's weird seeing a girl that's like six foot three. That that also looks strange. 
Also, girls that are six foot three usually marry guys that are like six foot eight. <laughs> yeah. You're kind of stuck. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Dude, he's a goofy so looking guy, too, though. So that only, yeah. I mean, he looks like a like a goofy giant. Yeah. Yeah, he went to, was it Central Florida, I think? Yeah, he was so, he, boy, he plays for the Celtics now, but he was so much fun to watch in college. And those guys, they, they never have long careers. <laughs> I know you, when you see that picture, your mind goes straight to like something dirty. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's sad. It really is. It's all I'm thinking about right now. I know. Like, reading my mind. <laughs> all right. So, <laughs> yeah, for any morks at home, Google that picture, Tracy Wolfson, Taco <laughs> Fall. She's like up to his waist, and your mind will immediately go in the gutter. <laughs> So 2002 came, and with the first pick in the draft, Houston Rockets select Yao Ming from Shanghai, China. And it's pretty funny because Jason Williams was coming out of Duke, and he was like a can't miss, and he ended up having a short career because he got in a motorcycle accident. But it was between them two, and you kind of had to take Yao Ming because everything it was going to do for the city of Houston, it put Houston on the map. If you were in any country, you now knew Houston. If you went on a vacation and you were a Yao Ming fan, you'd probably want to go to Houston. So... It did wonders for the the city because they were so lousy the couple years before then that they knew that it would put fans in seats. So Yao Ming, he had like an interesting, when he went to different cities, they were all excited to see him. And he went to, oh, his first game in Miami, they had fortune cookie night. <laughs> and the first, <laughs> the first 8,000 fans got fortune cookies. And after that, they said to Yao Ming, were you offended by that? Because it's kind of, uh, I don't know, it's probably kind of on the, I don't know. Joe, do you think that's offensive? That's a little racist. Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> come on. Like, that's the best you could come up with. Well, fortune right. cookies are the only thing that's not made in China. Yeah, yeah no exactly. kidding. That's hilarious. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So that's you're, the thing. If you're going to be racist, get it right. You know what I mean? Get something from China to be racist about. Right. Yes, that's exactly what Yao Ming said. Like, what is a fortune cookie? He had no idea <laughs> what it was. <laughs> and it kind of reminded me of, like, on St. Patty's Day, it's, like, such a stupid holiday, even though I'll never pass up green beer. And um, what what do we eat? Do you know what we eat, Jedi, on uh, St. Patty's Day? I don't know what you eat, but I know what I eat. I eat cornbread and cabbage. Corn beef and cabbage. Yeah. <laughs> or do you eat beef. cornbread? Corn beef. <laughs> Yeah, that's um, that's like another thing we just kind of made up, which is kind of funny. We just like make things up in the U.S. Yeah, <laughs> right. In Ireland, they're not all sitting around eating corned beef. <laughs> <laughs> another corned beef dinner? No, that's not. Over. By the way, corned beef. Uh, I cannot eat that stuff. It literally, the smell of it induces me to vomit immediately. I'll start. Really? Crying. Yeah. Really? I, don't know I don't know why. I just that. I've had to stay home on St. Patrick's Day the last few years just because everywhere you go, you smell it, and I just yeah. I lose my lunch. I'm such a picky eater. I don't even know if I've ever tried it. Oh my goodness! You, <laughs> I, I'm so I'm so I'm I'm absolutely brutal. Do you guys know? Do you guys have Red Robin? Well, I know Joe. Yeah. You're near me. Yeah. Oh, you have Red. You have Red Robin on the West West Coast. Of course. <laughs> I Do you my, have McDonald's? Yes. <laughs> well, I wouldn't think Red Robin is like a major chain, but I took my daughter out to eat last week and I forget, she got chicken fingers. I got a burger. It absolutely drives me bonkers when people like throw condiments on stuff when you don't want it. So I get the burger, I open up the top bun and there's like mayo on it. So I immediately take the menu, I fold it up and I, I have to hide it behind because I can't even look at mayo. <laughs> so... <laughs> Then I'm like, okay, there better not be mayo on the bottom. I open, I look at the bottom bun. It's like this reddish and greenish stuff. And I'm like, what, what is this on my burger? So I hide that too. So I don't have to look at it. And the girl <laughs> comes over and I said, what is that on the bottom? Is that looks like ketchup? And she goes, oh no, it's relished ketchup. I guess relish. And I'm like, why is it on my burger? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I don't yeah. like condiments. So, oh, going back to Yao's first game. So he averaged 19 points for his career. How many points do you think he had in his first game, Jedi? You're 20 too many. <laughs> zero. <laughs> yeah, he had zero points and two rebounds. He said he was 
like so embarrassed and the media jumped all over that and it's just so like the media I, sports media is like the absolute worst i mean it's his first game and they're like oh no is he gonna be like this major bust after one game and like the Boston sports media, I, I can't listen to Boston sports radio. Joe, in, in um, Connecticut, is it like Boston sports radio or is it New York or is it mixed? It's a mix. It's a terrible, terrible mix of both. You get the worst yeah. of Boston and the worst of New York. Oh, yeah. It's brutal. I mean, the Patriots just won on a 20-year dynasty, which will never happen again in, like, any sport. And last year, I put on sports radio for a day because my satellite subscription ran out, so I had to suffer. And everyone was, like, calling for Belichick's head. I'm like, Isn't that crazy? On. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, we just had <laughs> he 20 heard, years. He forgot how to coach after 20 straight years of yeah. high success. Get rid of him and replace him with... Who? Yeah, exactly. I know. Right? I mean, who's better than the best coach of all time? Hire that guy. He'll <laughs> fix things. We need uh, Ed Gain to uh, dig up Vince Lombardi. <laughs> <laughs> he won't do it. That's a man. <laughs> yeah, that's he only dug up females. <laughs> Oh, yeah, but sports radio is the war. Oh, it's, like, so bad. I don't know how people can listen to sports radio, especially here in Boston. It's funny, Joe. I'm a Celtics, Bruins, Patriots fan, and I hate the Red Sox. Oh, that's awesome. I like it's that a so lot. It's so weird. Yeah. yeah, it's so weird. But I'm kind of anti-baseball now. After the whole steroids thing, I know it's been a while, but um, I kind of haven't been in baseball since then. And it's just so slow compared yeah. to everything else. There's a whole new scandal. Apparently, the pitchers have been cheating for years using some sort of foreign substance on the ball. Another decade, another embarrassing scandal for Major League Baseball. Yeah. Um, I know. I saw the no. What has it been like? Six or seven no hitters or something already? Yeah. It's, it's, it's bad. All right. So, Yao had a bad first game, but we all know that he had ended up having a great career. But he ended up having a rivalry with Shaq. And Shaq's his first game was Shaq. Shaq couldn't even remember remember his name he kind of mocked him doing that kung fu theater thing wang Zhu, whatever your name is you want some of shack food come get it i'll be waiting for you o'neill said he was joking and has since apologized for offending anybody but the oca says that was quote a hollow excuse to justify his prior racist statement y'all man man you don't know the man name no man it's kind of funny because you have to be kind of smarter than that if you're Shaq, but I think anyone that knows Shaq, you, you know he didn't mean anything by it. To be fair, that was right around the time where saying things like that were suddenly being pointed out as racist. Right, right. Right. I mean, people started getting a little more woke in the 90s and they were like, you can't say that stuff. So it was really only just becoming a problem, and and Shaq being the goof that he was, I think kind of got away with it. Yeah. Oh yeah. You couldn't do it right now. <laughs> no, not how you'd be done. <laughs> so Shaq and Yao finally got to have their first game against each other, January seventeenth, two thousand three, and Yao blocked Shaq's first three shots. Kobe on the board. So many big names and big fellas in the building. Made the second block on O'Neal. That's going to have to go to his jump hook in transition. Yeah, on the other end. That's just such an amazing play. He gets the block on one end, beats Shaq down 94 feet. He gets it and he finishes it off. I always love that when you reward the big man. Joe, throw that up again. Kobe on the board. So many big names and big fellas in the building. That would have been better would have been if he would have slammed that thing down, hung on the rim for a hot minute, you know? That would have been nice. Yeah, I know, but actually, I'm glad you mentioned that because when Yao was growing up, he refused to dunk. He thought it was disrespectful, and his AAU coach said, if you don't start dunking, your whole team's going to do laps. So he ended up saying, I have to dunk it now because I don't want to cause my teammates any pain. But um, they ended up winning that game in overtime. But we know Shaq had the last laugh because Shaq ended up with four rings. And to foreshadow, um, Yao didn't get any rings. But, yeah, that was a pretty cool play. And uh, 
yeah, I just think, yeah, just think of how exciting that was for the fans to have someone like that in town. And nowadays, you can't even get NBA, you can't even get fans in seats. <laughs> and back then, it just must have been like crazy just to see him. And I, I reached out to Jonathan Fagan from the Houston Chronicle. I was like, just give me something that, to work with here of like how awesome it was with when Yao Ming was there. And he brought something up that I didn't even think of. I would have thought like after two, three, four weeks, like it would have been the hype would have been over. But I didn't really think of like every single time he went to a new city, Boston, Sacramento, L.A., no matter where he went, it was like all over again. The media would want to like talk to him and they said he was very funny and he was very humble the whole time and he was patient with people and answered any questions, which I thought was kind of cool. I mean, don't you think he's definitely a nice guy, Jedi? Yeah, I do. I mean, I heard he has a lot of charities that he concerns himself with. He doesn't like animal poaching. I know that. And he said we should all be friends with the animals. We shouldn't be killing animals. And he understands that we need to... We need to eat animals to survive, but he doesn't think that we should be killing for like ri like rhino horns and elephant horns. Not for sport, right? No, I, no, no. Yeah. I don't agree with killing for sport. Yeah. Explain what you've been doing to try and rid China of shark fin soup. Well, uh, the shark fin soup is a traditional food on the royal family's table uh, over centuries, over centuries. And uh, now because of our economic guru that can be served on the regular people's uh, dinner too. Uh, obviously it's still very expensive, but it's not uh, expendable. Mm -hmm. uh, the problem is that, uh, the problem is that there's so many sharks being fishing from the water that really damaged the ecosystem in the water, and so without the the, the top of predators as shark, that uh, uh, the secondary of the fish were grown, and, and the next levels of uh, those shellfish or constant were gone, and the water quality were really uh, damaged. Now, at the end, we damaged ourselves. Before 2006, that's a year we started up uh, that program. That 72 million of shark being fished from water per year. So, without control, the shark can go extinction inside of a decade. Wow. Yeah, that, that, that's pretty amazing. Uh, and after that, after a couple of years, you know, we, 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 we try to spread a message and try to prevent that happens, that uh, the price of a shark fin is dropped almost over, over half. That means consuming is down. Not enough, but it's, it's, it's a step. That's a step. Look, look how big he is. That looks fake. I know. He's just like sitting in a chair. He's like humongous. Um, and the thing I like about that is like he knows he knows his stuff there. It's not like he's just throwing money at a charity. He like really cares about it. Um, and he also raised money for to build new schools because they did have an earthquake and they lost 70,000 people. So he's definitely into charity and that's not surprising. So let's go back to... After he beat Shaq in that game, so that was in January, and the All-Star game I know is in February, uh, he beat Shaq in the All-Star voting, which is kind of funny. I mean, you have to figure the Asian people probably stuffed the ballot boxes, but he deserved to be in the All-Star game, maybe maybe not to beat Shaq out. And it's kind of funny because Shaq was probably the best player in the league or one of them, and he had to come off the bench in the All-Star game to Yao. And it kind of became a, re a pattern. Yao seemed to beat him most years in All-Star voting. But it is different. It's a different format now. I think um, I think the fans do half, and the media does half. So might have been different nowadays. But you can't take that away from him then. And another cool thing about Yao was he was one of the first big men to be a really really good jump shooter. I mean, I grew up in the Robert Parrish days. Were you were you an NBA fan, Joe? I was a Knicks fan. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah baby. I. Uh, I grew up as a huge Celtics fan. Uh, we had season tickets. Uh, there was four of us. It was my dad and I and then like a couple uncles and a cousin. And we would have a draft. We would get the tickets mailed to us. It would be a giant sheet, all 40 games. So it would be, what, 80 tickets. Um, and then you have to un they were perforated, and you have to rip them apart. And so there's 82 games in a season. The Celtics had 40 home games. You might know the answer to this. Why wasn't it 41? 
Oh, they they played a game in um in Hartford. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I yeah, thought yeah. you might get that. Of course, yeah. Every year yeah. they would play a game at the uh, at the uh, well. It's now the XL Center, but it used to yeah. be the Hartford Civic Center. Yeah, the Celtics played forty games at the Garden, and they would play one game at, in Hartford just for some That's reason. It was kind of cool. Yeah. But, um, oh man, the old Boston Garden. So when we started doing this in the early eighties, uh, the number one pick every year. If you we drew one through four, and if you drew the one, it was always the Sixers. And then as I get a little bit older, one would, if you got the first pick, it would be the Lakers game. And then, then you wanted to see Jordan, like, yeah. in like 86, 87. But it, it was like an NBA was a huge, it was like an event back then. <laughs> My dad and I would like go do something defense. on a Sunday. The defense made the difference. They played defense then. It was, it was more fun. Yeah. But I'm saying like on a Sunday afternoon, if the Celtics were playing the Sixers, or the Lakers, you would never miss the game. And, and now it's, it's just different now. I mean, the, if someone was drafted back in the 80s, they were going to be with your team basically for life. And now now they just kind of create these super teams like the Nets right now. I hate that. I, I Well, as a Knicks fan, too, I checked out around 2004. Yeah, they, they had a good uh, – actually, I do want to kind of check right now. We're, we're recording on what, say the 15th? Yep. Trying to pull up uh, – I saw that the Nets were losing game five to the Bucks. Oh, my God. The Nets came back and won by six. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. The, oh, the Bucks blew it. They were blowing them out. Because you, you, you kind of like to see those super teams out. Was it Harden, Durant, and yeah. Blake Griffin, and obviously oh, Kyrie. Yeah, boy, give me a break. Yeah, I don't think the Greek freak, I don't think he's, like, up to the task every year in the playoffs. <laughs> he struggles. Yeah. All right. So we got the All-Star game voting. Yeah, so – the thing about him being a great shooter, it's kind of funny because when they would get technical fouls, they would send Yao to the line, and that's not something that you'd see. Oh, I know what I was going to say. I'm, I grew up with Robert Parrish, and he's not a shooter. It was a different game. I mean, Very different. Yeah, and then you get to the early 2000s, Dirk Nowitzki's seven feet. He can shoot threes like as good as anyone. It just it became different. Big men can shoot now. It's weird. Yeah, so Yao was a great shooter. I mean, not three-pointers or anything, but like if you had a jump shot from the elbow or 15-footer, he could knock him down like just like anyone. So Yao's kind of a funny guy. There's a couple of like weird things I heard. They asked him like what his favorite things are. What's your favorite slang word? He said yo. <laughs> and I kind of think it's kind of funny coming from Yao Ming. He walked by and said yo. Yo. Especially Yo. yeah, when he came to the NBA, he couldn't even speak English. And if you watch any interviews with him now, his English is really, really good. They said, what's your favorite food? What would you think, Jedi? Steak. <laughs> Close. Philly cheesesteak. Oh, <laughs> nice. I couldn't tell you. Yeah, that's not something like I eat often. He loves Star Wars, but he hated hip hop. So let's go to the ratings in China. The ratings in China for some of his games, and you have to think, they're – oh, I had it written down my notes somewhere. He's – they're way ahead of us. Like if a game is at 7 p.m. here, it's like 5 a.m. there. They're all up watching. A lot of the games would top what we watch in the for the Super Bowl. We'd have like 90 million people watching the Super Bowl, and some of Yao's games, especially the big ones, get Shaq. And there was another game where another Chinese player was playing. They'd get – 200 million views, twice as much as the Super Bowl. It's kind of cool, like that the country cared that much. We don't really have anything like that here, uh, I don't think. So, Jedi, you're from Hawaii. What were the major athletes there? Uh, Tua, Marcus Mariota. Oh yeah. Monte Teo, and by default, Manny Pacquiao, because there's a lot of Asians and Filipinos in Hawaii. So. Oh really? Manny Pacquiao, yeah. Wait, you guys got the uh, what's his face? The one that got catfished? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't forget those that. Are, Man, those are all like hilarious. Um, <laughs> those are all like um, either so. Marcus Mariota won the Heisman. I know that Tua should have won, but he lost to Kylo Murray like in the last couple of weeks. And Monte Teo, he came in second. I'm trying to think of one that year. But um, yeah, Monte Teo, we 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 are gonna have a show on his girlfriend. We're gonna have his girlfriend on. Oh, that's great. Dying to meet her. <laughs> that was oh, one of the weirdest goodness. things ever. So the Houston Rockets had Yao for seven full seasons, and then his health uh, really went downhill. He had five or six surgeries, mostly on his feet. I mean, you can imagine if you're 
seven foot six, 310 pounds, you're jumping up and down. That's going to take a toll on you. I mean, you saw, remember, you saw Greg Oden's career, right? <laughs> Boy, be a big guy with foot problems. That's bad. Yeah. There's nothing. I, I have a little bit of feet problems, and uh, there's nothing worse than when you, when you can't walk. All right, so... They never won the title. They did have a 22-game winning streak in 2007. I, I remember that because the Celtics ended up uh, beating him. So after his career, they had the Hall of Fame voting. You do have to be out of the league for five years. So he must have retired in 2011 because he did get inducted to the 2016 Hall of Fame. And he ended up going in with Shaq, which was pretty cool because they were, they were rivals. And he averaged 19 points and nine rebounds for his career which probably really wouldn't be Hall of Fame numbers, but just the impact he had on the league and what he brought to the game in China. And what I compare it to, what were you going to say? Is I've, heard, I've heard people argue that Jackie Robinson didn't have Hall of Fame numbers, and it's like, get a life. Yeah. What's yeah. wrong with you? Right? The significance of what the guy yeah. did to the sport. Never mind the numbers. Come on. Right. Trailblazing. Right. Yep. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm sure there's like tons of circumstances like that. And the baseball, the basketball Hall of Fame, well, you know what? I think like Abbott and Costello are in the baseball Hall of Fame. It's, sometimes they have like weird things. Yes. Um, yeah, because like you'll see like, say, for instance, Yao Ming got into the Hall of Fame. Like if you look like on the list, they'll tell you like the top, they'll tell you the main people, but then you'll like look in the fine print and it'll be like, some woman's high school coach got in. Like, there's, there's a lot more people get in than they like lead on. Yeah. So, the thing about the basketball Hall of Fame is it's not the NBA Hall of Fame, it's the basketball Hall of Fame. So, people get in for other reasons. Like, if he wasn't Yao Ming, if he was just a regular guy, he probably wouldn't have got in. And, oh, what I compare this to is what he did for China is compare, I compare it to Tiger Woods in the US. I'm a huge golfer and. In the early 2000s, you couldn't get near a golf course. And if you did, it was going to cost you $100, and you're going to be out there for six hours. Um, it was just crazy. And I'm sure in China at this time, you probably couldn't get anywhere near a basketball court. Well, so. yeah. I mean, I know of something similar, like for Manny Pacquiao in the Philippines, when he fought Floyd Mayweather, there was zero crime. I mean, that's amazing. We're talking about a third world country and there was zero crime because Manny was boxing. I mean, he wears so many hats. He's an actor, a politician, a boxer, <laughs> a father. You know, I mean, it's just crazy. So basically everyone in the Philippines is glued to their TV sets. Yep. Apparently they like boxing. <laughs> Manny, Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao does more stuff than anybody ever. Like, that guy's got a lot of jobs, a lot of gigs. Yeah. He's working. It's impressive. <laughs> I know. I, I did read he was like, he made like two years in a row. He was the second highest paid athlete, and number one was Floyd. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, I mean, I remember growing actually, up. But, as, but yeah. I'll say this Pacquiao fights real fighters still. He's oh, that like just... Mayweather fighting that guy on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. No, and he couldn't even beat him. <laughs> what a loser. So Yao said getting into the NBA Hall of Fame in his first ballot, he said he probably didn't deserve it. He said all those players' names on the walls were like so much beyond him. He's like just the most humble guy. So they said his net worth after the NBA was what do you think, Jedi? A hundred and fifty million. Oh, good guess. Hundred and twenty million. But I do think that's kind of low because Hideki Matsuyama just became the first Japanese player to win the Masters. Matsuyama has won the Masters tournaments. I love the Asian culture, how the caddy puts the flag and he bows to the to the to the hole. That was pretty neat. So Hideki won the Masters. He won, I think it was two point one million dollars, and they said that when He's probably going to be worth about six hundred million with endorsements. Wow. So I would think that Yao would be kind of similar. I mean, he could get all sorts of endorsements, and they make money just from weird things. Oh, you remember Michael Phelps? Yeah, the I think Olympic he has swimmer. Yeah, I think he has like eighteen gold medals. But like the reason he's worth so much is because just random 
I mean, I know he's on all sorts of commercials and stuff, but I did read something like some rich family paid him like two or three hundred grand just to come and like swim laps for his daughter's birthday. He just like swimming in a pool. Does it get all sorts of opportunities like that once you become that famous? Wait, 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 wait. He got how much? <laughs> I think it was I think it was two or three hundred grand just to come and like swim laps in a pool. <laughs> just to pretend to be a fish. <laughs> i mean that is crazy <laughs> I, know. I know so i'm sure yao got all sorts of opportunities but the 120 million could be right because remember we said the chinese government wanted to like take everything <laughs> so maybe they got a lot of it and when they wanted to take half of it they said we'll take half then your half is going to be like, you have to deal with taxes, agents, everything. So like they were going to take the lion's share of it. All right. So I don't know what you think. Do you think this is, this whole thing is true, how he was created? I mean, not created in the lab, but you know what I mean? Kind of like they picked his parents. Does parents know each other? It kind of sounds like it. It kind of sounds like they were all steered in the direction of basketball. I mean, how could you not think that? Yeah, so I looked into it. I, I was thinking, if this happened to Yao Ming, why wouldn't the Chinese government try to keep it going and, and put Yao with someone tall? So I did see that Yao had a daughter that was 11, and I'm like, I wonder who the wife is. And I look her up, and I see a picture of her on Google, and she's, like, wearing a basketball uniform. I'm like, oh, God, here we go. And I saw his wife is six foot three. So oh, my he's, goodness. Uh-huh. So he's seven six. she's six three, and their daughter is 11, and... I did read that she went to the doctor and the doctor said that she could be between 6'5 and 6'10. Wow. And 6'10 is probably, if not the the tallest female ever, it's going to be right up there. So it makes me think they're like doing this all over again. I'm going to say I'm not buying it because <laughs> there are only six Chinese players currently in the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> billion people in China. I mean, they they could be churning these guys out a dime a dozen, Jedi. Am I right? Right. They could just be pairing all the tallest people and just cranking out babies like nobody's business. I'm going to say, I don't don't buy it. You do it slowly. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Trickling them in. Right? Right? How many towns have a Chinatown in it? Seriously. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I see what you're but, saying. The table. Whoa. Maybe the Chinese people are all playing field hockey right now, but we don't know because we don't right? follow it. Exactly, right? <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, I don't know. I actually, I deliver packages for a living, and I deliver to a nice Asian woman, and we were talking, and I mentioned the podcast, and she said, oh, that's cool. And I go, actually, one of our first episodes is going to be about Yao Ming, about the conspiracy. And she said, what's the conspiracy? And I told her, and she said, well, I don't think it's a conspiracy because his parents both played basketball and they knew each other. And like, I just thought, thought that was so interesting that like Asian people just, they just know about this stuff because Yao Ming was like such an ambassador. An average person in the U.S. wouldn't know about a basketball player's family. So she knew this story and she doesn't buy it either. And she also doesn't buy crypto. And I'm trying to get her into it. <laughs> oh my goodness. Crypto is the way nowadays. You gotta, yeah. you gotta get on it. <laughs> yeah. So we, we did a couple zoom calls together and I'm trying to tell her about crypto. And I said like, just put a hundred dollars in like nothing. Worst case situation, you're out a hundred bucks. And she's like, Oh, I don't like to like, I'm very conservative and stuff. So I don't think I'm, I'm changing her mind with Dogecoin. You said she was Asian, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we, we are careful with our money. We don't just throw it when it willy nilly, you know, you have yeah. to know what, it, what you're doing. What's it all about? <laughs> Uh, I think we're going to have an episode. We'll do an episode on crypto coming up. But it actually, it's kind of like slow. Have you noticed it's kind of slowed down for a little while? A little while it's leveled off. A little bit, but I'm still keeping hope alive. I'm still, you know, I'm I'm still getting my spacesuit ready for the moon. I mean. I'm buying my ticket. <laughs> <laughs> I know. It's funny because I've been telling people to do it for months and they won't do it. And then I had two people like 
start buying the week that it completely crashed. Oh, oh but you got to be careful because people and money, I mean, they're funny. You know what I mean? Even if you tell them to just invest $10, they'll get mad at you for losing out on $10 if they lost, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's just right. strange. So I, I, I myself kind of steer away from that. I'll just tell them if they, I, they ask, but I won't say, you know, you got to do this. <laughs> Right. You could tell you you could tell Jedi watches Dateline. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I think that's it. I think those are pretty cool stories. So Jedi, you think it's probably a conspiracy? I do, and Joe doesn't. Yeah, I think that you know that country. You got to do what you got to (laughs) do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, if they tell you you have to go this way, I mean, it's best in your best interest and in best family to go this way. I mean, I actually been to China. I visited Beijing and mm-hmm. I saw, you know, all the um, Olympic buildings that they built, which were now completely empty. But I mean, I was talking to our travel guide and he said that, you know, the positions there, it's not like here where you can say, oh, you know, I want to be a waitress and go in that field. I want to be in this field. There are only so many openings, you know, so just to be a travel agent, there were only so many openings and you had to take a test and you had to score high and that's how you got the job. So, I mean, I I get it. You know, you got to do what you have to do. Yeah, totally. So let us know if you like these kooky and spooky episodes. We're active on social media. We'll get right back to you. To Conspiracies and Beyond, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Check us out at clovercrestmedia.com. To Conspiracies and Beyond at gmail.com. Send us any ideas, what you think of the show. Subscribe and rate us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Uh, anything else, Jedi? No, that's about it. Just be gentle, please. This is this is our like second podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Constructive. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for coming on with us, Joe. I'm just glad to be a Mork. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> yes, you are. Yeah, we'll get we'll get into that later. Um, more later with the Morks. All right, Jedi, you want to send us out? Well, Morks, the end is here. Hope you enjoyed our segment of Cookie and Spooky on to Conspiracies and Beyond. Thanks for listening and be sure to check us out again.